welcome to the dance bar. Cheers, everybody. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm going to cheers my friend cheers. Lindsay right now. Bam. Cheers. Erin and I are drinking 2017 Sauvignon Blanc from J. Scott Cellars, which is right here in Eugene. It's one of our favorite wineries here yes. in town. Jonathan, uh, the winemaker and owner, makes fantastic wine. So if you haven't checked out their tasting room, you should definitely do that on West 11th. And they are opening a new tasting room in the Fifth Street Market area coming this fall. So that's really exciting. And you can have all of the J. Scott wine you want. Uh, yes. So good. And we did start with the drink because on the dance bar, we're lining up, putting our left hand down, our right hand up to cheers each other. That's right. I'm Erin Ernst. Hi, I'm Lindsay Salfran. Bam. Welcome to the dance bar. We are actually in reality in Springfield, but we live in the Eugene Springfield area. Small river, just mm-hmm. the Willamette splitting the two but these two communities intertwine yeah they sure do and uh there's actually quite a bit of a dance community here within the university that's true university of oregon which we both graduated from alumna yep we We are are ducks alma martyrs yep (laughs) we are ducks we will always be ducks and uh sco ducks sco sco so here we are. <laughs> here we are. This is the dance bar. Welcome to our first podcast ever. This is Aaron and I's first podcast that we've ever created, been a part of, and uh, it's been a good adventure so far. It's been a year in the works, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and we're we're still trying to to get this this going off the ground. And I think we're we're very very close. So. Um, we wanted to kind of introduce ourselves and tell you about ourselves and what we're doing with this podcast and what some of our goals are for this podcast. And then also some questions we might leave you with to kind of help fuel the fire mm-hmm. of some upcoming topics that you would want to listen to as listeners and that we would love to talk to chat about and kind of share our experiences with. So, yeah. Um, Aaron, take it away. So we are wanting to introduce ourselves. I am Aaron Ernst, originally from Kansas, although that's not always my opener with <laughs> people because that is in the world of dance a pretty dead place. Yep. Uh, but that's where I grew up. Uh, started dancing as a small person because I was clumsy, which I think most dancers relate to. I have bruises. I can't explain, <laughs> but yeah. I can dance on a an open floor easily, do magic tricks, but I can't walk through a doorway. Yeah. So my mom put me into dance. I started there and I danced through childhood, through all life's ups and downs. Dance was the one thing I always had, has I have always had in my life. And I have dance teachers that lit a spark inside of my soul. And I remember in high school, a moment where I was dancing and like the fire lit inside of me. And I realized like, this is who I am. This is how I feel like the most myself. Mm -hmm. It feels spiritual. It Mm -hmm. feels like this social connection and this opportunity for growth and just like living my best life in some ways like 
but also like I've cried through many dance classes. So there's a lot of sides (laughs) to the whole story. So I started, uh, I was dancing in a ballet studio and did point a lot of jazz. It was the nineties. It was awesome. Janet Jackson. Oh my gosh. (sighs) Living, living my life. Like I could be Janet Jackson. (laughs) Uh, Rhythm nation in my soul. So Rhythm is a really strong part of my background, I think. And then I decided to study in college. It was a time of like, you go to college and you get a degree like Mm -hmm. you you have to. And I was Mm -hmm. like, well, if I'm going to go, I'm going to study dance because you can. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And I wanted (laughs) to give uh, a quality education to young people. That was one of my goals when I was when I was young was Mm -hmm. like to bring like the history and the richness of dance beyond just the studio world and the the studio life of that I experienced which was you know take class perform at the end of the year do competitions when you're a little older and experience that side of dance but I started learning like the history and how it connected to American history and Mm -hmm. how it connected to global history and like culture and why we do things and so I got a BA from University of Colorado at Boulder but I started at Kansas State University so I had this like varied experience of trans transferring in the middle of college I don't recommend it Uh, I also at that time uh, studied rolfing or structural integration so I had this you know a lot of classes that were like African dance world culture and also Alexander technique Mm -hmm. and ballet and modern and a really wide scope of academic dancing and at the University of Colorado Boulder they had MFA program and a BFA program. And I saw all these dancers like taking it to the next level in the academic way and doing like political pieces Mm -hmm. and challenging like how I understood time and culture and people and our bodies and every single part of life. And it's at that time you're like creating your identification and who you're going to be and how you want to be in the world. And I knew I wanted to do graduate studies. So I taught at a studio after college and had my rolfing business and realized I needed to take it to the next level. Mm -hmm. I wanted to teach at the university. I knew I had more to give. I like had a lot of connectivity between subjects, experiences and expression. And I wanted to tie it together in a higher way. And I went to the University of Oregon and that was my like general pathway there were some stops I was at uh the Alvin Ailey studios in a summer you know doing their intensives in New York and like auditioning and trying trying to get to like professional level dancer but realizing like I'm I have a different niche and I live in a different place and I'm not gonna be a professional professional dancer Mm -hmm. in that way but like I still have all these qualities and skills and things to teach and passion for dance and knowledge. So Mm -hmm. I studied at University of Oregon and that's when I got my master's and started teaching there at the university. And, you know, I've done some musicals. I mean, like my, Mm -hmm. my background feel like is like 
really varied yeah. across a wide spectrum. And so that led me to getting a job where I taught high school and I taught a wide variety of dance in high school for mm-hmm. like seven years. And that was really exciting. And it really showed me like where academia could go. Yeah. Because I was at a progressive school. Right. So that's my my background is that I have like a little bit of a dip in a lot of different pots yeah, totally. and I see a wide variety of things and I make connections across broad sweeping big ideas. So I like to go in that direction and I'd say that's my background and experience. I'm a teacher, I'm a dancer, choreographer, performer. I have had a smaller professional career, but I also think I like judge myself. Because I'm a dancer and we're professional self-judgment. So, (laughs) hello. Yeah, we're experts in that. (laughs) Yeah. So, I feel like hopefully that gives people an insight into where I'm coming from. And, like, what I care about is people and the, like, moment and the process and the joy and finding, like, a personal expression Mm -hmm. and connecting that in meaningful ways. So, that looks different sometimes. Mm -hmm. But... I think that's where I'm at. That's where I've come from. That's where I'm at. Great. Yeah. So tell us about Lindsay Safran. Well, (laughs) I started dancing at age six and I kind of started in the more, you know, United States traditional way of a dance studio. Um, I was just dancing around in the living room to a lot of, I think it was probably country albums. I'm going to admit that. Um, Tell us where you were at when you were six years old, dancing (laughs) the country in the living room. I'm going to start over. I'm going to start over. (laughs) How about that? So I'm actually from uh, Florida, Deland, Florida, to be exact. And it's a smaller town about an hour outside Orlando and about 20 minutes from Daytona. So it's squeezed in the middle of the coastal in the city. Um, and I, I started dancing at the local studio at six years old and that was, I think, considered late even at that time. Like I should have started three years prior to that, um, according to kind of the culture of studios at that time. In your area. In my area in particular. Yeah. Um, my friends had all started earlier if they were dancing already, but, um, it was yeah. I was a little a little bit of a late bloomer. Uh, I was dancing a lot around in my living room to probably country albums. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was John Michael Montgomery and Garth Brooks. Like I really mm. truly believe that. Yeehaw. And I yeah. And so I was just dancing around a lot. So my dad finally and my mother they they kind of took notice of that and they signed me up for dance class. So I started at the local studio and I started competing. Um, and doing the competition circuit starting at age eight. And I stopped that at age 15. So my main training as a child was done on the convention circuit in addition to the dance studio that I was going to. So we're talking, you know, five, six days a week at the studio. Uh, Vacations were dance conventions. It was a whole family affair. Uh, dance moms I can't really watch that show because it like <laughs> it's it's so interesting because I'm like I lived 
part of that. Like that is so relatable to me, but then it also like triggers me because like, <laughs> people are so crazy sometimes in this PTSD. world. PTSD. Yeah, like a little, just a little bit, not, not too much. My mom was fantastic, so I didn't have a crazy dance mom. Um, but after that, I you know I got tired of that and uh, went into high school dance and just kind of lived like a more youthful life uh just doing recreational dance and then i went to college at the university of central florida and at i mean i grew up an hour outside of disney world essentially and um most of my life i was auditioning for um you know scholarships at these conventions but i had also auditioned for specific like seasonal shows at disney when i was like eight years old i was trying out for these things um did you get in i didn't i would make it to like the last cut and i never actually booked a disney show as a child i did a few other like tiny commercials and things and like photo shoots and stuff like that so kind of like dipped into that as a kid um acting i took some acting classes and things like that so kind of like i spread i i I moved i I went beyond just the boundaries of dance as a kid i wanted to be an entertainer yeah it well-rounded triple threat like that's what i wanted um yeah that's what you had to do yeah especially especially where i was living you Mm -hmm. know it's a very competitive city and you have to. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you're going to be fed to the wolves, honey. <laughs> What's going to happen to you? Get ready, eight-year-old. Yeah. Where yeah. are you at? Get ready. Get that hard shell going on because it's a tough world out there. People are mean and they're good. So you have yeah. to be able to keep up. But um, with Disney right in my backyard, I I had always had an interest in Disney. But it, at this point, when I was going to college, it was more on the business side. And I wanted to, I had dreams of being the CEO of Disney at mm. that point. Uh, I spe- specifically remember that. <laughs> Big dreams. <laughs> a little girl from Delan. Um, but I did. That's what I wanted to do. So I pursued a, 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 like a bachelor's of science in business management, actually. Hmm. And I minored in dance while I was there. And I was actually part of the first 20 students of the minor program, like period, at Hmm. the University of Central Florida. So that was really exciting because it was a brand new program. um, And there wasn't very many of us. And it was through the theater department. So I got to hang out with all the theater people. And Mm -hmm. that felt more like home. (laughs) Uh, to me but I finished my degree so I have a bachelor's of science in business management and um, I was I started teaching at a studio uh, called Spotlight Dance Center in Orlando Florida it's a really well-known and well-established studio run by Peter and Margaret Anthony who are incredible mentors Um, they were then and they are now still and I started working there at age 18 to kind of get through college. And that's when my teaching career started. Mm-hmm. And uh, I stayed there over the course of, I think, what, in total, about 10 years. I was there for a decade wow. uh, teaching for Peter and Margaret and just the kids that were running through Spotlight. And uh, so I was teaching and um, that was great. And then... I was gigging also because Peter and Margaret had a lot of connections with Disney and the surrounding Orlando area with, you know, conventions coming through to the Orlando Convention Center. And What kind of dance were you doing um, for those things? All kinds. I mean, I was trained in everything um, from ballet, jazz, tap, hip hop, uh, you know, in my late 
in my early 20s, I started doing salsa dancing. So I have that in mm-hmm. my repertoire as well. Um, but all kinds of stuff for gigs, especially. Like, it's kind of like, well, what do you need? I've, I've done... Oh, let's see. I worked at Disney for a while as a character. Um, so I've worked for Walt Disney World. And then uh, gigging, We I remember doing a like a, a drum stomp-esque show. Uh, these drummers came in and they needed like top dancers and other dancers nice. to kind of like go along with them. So uh, just all kinds of stuff. And then uh, I've also worked at Nickelodeon Hotel when it was still up and running and I did like a game show huh. type role. And that was really new um, <laughs> as far as entertainment for me. That was actually probably one of the hardest um, jobs I had as far as like learning mm. my role. Um, cause it changed all the time. <laughs> and, um, after I graduated college, I didn't really know what to do with myself. So I didn't feel like I was done dancing as, as a career. Like I, I wanted to still give myself a shot. So I looked up, uh, Royal Caribbean and found out that they were having auditions in Hollywood, Florida and drove down there with my mom and auditioned and um it was the hardest audition I've ever been to in my whole life I was sore for a good week after (laughs) it was so intense and I I, from you know word on the street is that they're still very intense auditions at Royal Caribbean and I understand it has to be because that's an intense job um but I auditioned and then a week later I got a call and an offer to sign a contract to live on a ship for six months. So um, I lived on the Mariner of the Seas for six months after I graduated college. And that was an incredible experience. Um, Met a lot of great people and uh, danced with some really talented folks that um, I still think so fondly of. Mm -hmm. Um, And they've, you know, good memories with all of them. And... um, did that uh, for six months only. I, I was good at 22. That's all I needed to do was just one contract. <laughs> and I can't wait to get into that yeah, at a later date that's and another, explore that's another all the podcast. costuming and oh the bodies gosh. and all the things. It, there's so much to ship life. Like yeah. it's just, it's a whole different, it's a different beast. Yeah. Um, and it's great. And I can't wait to talk about it. Nice. Um, but I just, I decided to do just the one contract and then, uh, I went, I moved back to Orlando and got a nine to five at, you know, a janitorial cleaning company. And I, I, oh, I think yeah. at one point I switched over, then I switched over to a law firm. Mm. Oh yeah. Um, That's nice. That was my nine to five. And then I went back to teaching back at Spotlight Dance Center. Usually it's like food service. No. Yeah. It was, it was more <laughs> admin business. Well, my business, that's yeah. where my business degree came in. Yeah. And it, you know, it did come in handy after all these years of maybe wondering if I had made it a mistake. I don't think so. You know, it, yeah. got, it helped get me these jobs that I was able to sustain my lifestyle. So did that, but then also started teaching again at Spotlight with Peter mm-hmm. and Margaret, um, finishing the course of that, like 10 years. And then at some point I started thinking about college again. Uh, my husband and I got married and after that we were kind of like yearning to go to the Pacific Northwest mm-hmm. uh, as a Floridian. I've never really lived elsewhere. So I was ready for an adventure and 
my husband's originally from Chicago and he's moved to Florida in Minneapolis. Like he's been a couple places. So I think it kind of came natural for him to want to move somewhere else. Yeah. Change is good. Um, so we started the opposite looking. end of the country. Right. Yeah. Literally the opposite end of the country. Um, <laughs> No particular reason. I think we just thought like Seattle sounded cool. So we started looking that up and just applying for jobs. And then I was like, mm. you know, I think I want to go back to school. Because I didn't, as a dance minor, I didn't really get to study dance yeah. the way I wanted to. Mm. I got like a, a taste of it. And I was like, well, I was like. a new program. You never, oh you know. Oh gosh. There's I, always going to be refinements. I can't, I don't even know what the program looks like now. I know yeah. it still exists. And I, like, yeah. I think it's still with the theater department. Um, but it's probably grown so much since yeah. then. And like, yeah, it was probably super. I had the super limited, you know, startup type mm-hmm. format, which is, mm-hmm. you know, that's great. Um, but I was yearning. I was yearning for more. Yeah. Um, and as a minor, that wasn't my focus. I spent most of my time, you know, in business classes, not mm. in dance classes. Mm. Those were like the icing on the cake. I like lived at the dance building. No, I as got an to do undergrad. like one show a year oh. and that was it, you know, mm. uh, so I was really yearning to do that, but like multiply that times a hundred and magnify it times a mm-hmm. hundred. Mm-hmm. So well, <laughs> welcome to grad school. Yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> we will magnify. Success. Yeah, that happened. <laughs> um, so then my husband and I quit our jobs and we packed up everything that could fit in both of our cars. And if it couldn't fit, it didn't come with us. And you brought Lucille. And we brought Lucille, our kitty cat. Uh, <laughs> Our first little baby girl, and Mm -hmm. she was my co-pilot the whole way, and Anthony brought his car, too, so we drove separately and uh, talked on (laughs) walkie-talkies and had a good time. That's a long drive. It was a really long drive. I thought it was long from Kansas and Colorado to Oregon, but... (laughs) took about five days, 12 hours a day. Plus the rest of the country. Yeah, yeah. And it was summertime, so mm-hmm. it was hot. Mm-hmm. Anthony doesn't have air conditioning. Same. In his car. <laughs> we did that with the corgi, though. Yeah. And he sat on ice packs. Yeah. Yeah. That just came up in my Facebook memories. <laughs> I was wearing like a bandana, <sighs> had like a do rag situation. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard. It's bad news. Yeah. We it, were really poor. Moving across the country is no <laughs> joke. I, so. thought, I thought going to grad school, we were like making a better life. Right. And then you question that like halfway through your trip in like Missouri. You're mm. like, I think I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to die in or Wyoming. In You're it was like, Wyoming if I for see me. more effing corn, like <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. I actually love Nebraska, like well, driving yeah. through it. But uh, yeah. Well, I love all the places, but when you go through like Idaho Ooh. in a basin that has recently had a wildfire and it's yeah. black yeah. and like you see the heat rising You're and like, there's I'm nothing a, I'm in a different planet yeah this is insane i thought about what that too heck? i saw like tumbleweeds <laughs> in <my own> <laughs> <laughs> i was like i'm waiting for cowboys to come out um, and literally start brawling right yeah. now or like yeah. chase the buffaloes like where where is this really <laughs> this is gonna happen on the side of the highway like truly especially coming from the south oh my god i thought i knew what <laughs> south was like in like cowboys and like country was oh no just go to wyoming and you'll see a tumbleweed for the first time in your life and you're like oh shit wide open spaces (laughs) oh god the wind literally whipped my face Mm -hmm. 
That was that was another time. People sing about that. That's real. <sighs> yeah, for real. <laughs> and then, like, when the first time I came into the Willamette Valley, it was February, and I can't, I was coming from Kansas or Colorado at the time. It was super brown and dead winter, yeah. bad winter, bad winter. February's awful. Yeah. And then I, like, rolled in on the Greyhound mm-hmm. from yeah. from Washington, the actually. Greyhound. Yeah, and I came down the Pacific Northwest, like, through the whole corridor, and it was green and lush yes. and beautiful. And there were, like, tulips blooming. There were entire, like, someone's yard was just yeah. tulips. You're like, what is this place? Yeah, and, like, moss hanging from the trees. Mm-hmm. I and still it, ask myself that. Yeah, somewhere. it's so like, bizarre. It's I'm, another I world. I live here. yeah. I live in Fern Gully. Yeah, yeah, it is Fern Gully. Just go for a hike at Spencer's Butte, and it's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's a fairy tale. Where are the fairies? Like, they're over there somewhere. It's right there. They're yep. in the ferns. The bunnies and the chipmunks. And <laughs> it's all great. It's good stuff. Yeah. It's a beautiful place to finally arrive after driving yes. through all of that, and then you're here. Yeah. And then you enter grad school, mm-hmm. and it's hard to see the beauty, but... yeah. If you're in grad school, you'll get through it. Yeah. It's just really hard. So I did, gra- <laughs> yeah, I did grad school here at the University of Oregon in the dance department. And, Skodex. Uh, yeah, I was one of, actually, the, the final mm. um, graduates. The you- program closed. <laughs> uh, we stopped accepting applications mm. my third year, I think. Yeah. So I was the second to last group to graduate from. You opened the dance I, minor <laughs> in undergrad and you closed the so graduate. Like poetic. Degree. It's just really poetic. It's really sad. It, it can be. It yeah. can be. It's just, you know, I've, I've, I feel like I've. I know enough people that have studied dance in different departments all over the, you know, Mm -hmm. all over the nation. And I auditioned at a few, been to a few for different like ACDFAs and stuff. It's just, it's really sad to see something go down Mm -hmm. when, you know. That's another podcast. That's another, we'll talk about that. But, you know, (laughs) funding and arts, that's a story that people will always talk about because mm-hmm. arts are the foundation of life do you like music do you like clothes do you like the design of your house or car like every single part of that is a creative endeavor but the argument is that it's not that's why it's, it's not, not worthy funded. it's not as good as but it is what makes life worth living which i think like that's what we're here to talk about is that like we love yep. dance and we love everything that dance has given us and yeah what we've studied and what we've focused on and what we've learned and how that connects to real life. Yeah. And that it's partly like a really important conversation that we need to have. And also I think what we've wanted to say is like, we're experts in the dance field. Yeah. Like when you listen to our backgrounds, like we've been studying our entire lives. Yeah. You late bloomer, you six year old. I can't believe you did not get your professional career going (laughs) as a three year old. Where were you at Lindsay? Yeah. Well, what's weird (laughs) is a lot of the people I grew up dancing with don't dance at all anymore like that's like oh that's so many of my students yeah and I'm the one kind of being like I still choreograph and I still dance and I'm teaching like at studios and in higher ed and it's hard in all these places longevity that's that's a that's another conversation yeah to be had so we are experts in this dance field with a grain of salt because on the rim yeah 
a little salt on the rim for our margaritas. Yeah. For with, with lime. <laughs> with lime. We like lime. Cheers yeah. at the dance bar. Yeah. Because we can't take it too seriously. Yeah. And and we still like while we've experienced so much, there's still so much to experience. Mm. Uh, so that's kind of what this podcast is about. And this is um, all the what's really great and what's really ironic and really, again, poetic is that all the things that we just described that we are not doing any of those things right now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, teaching, oh. performing, dancing, like none of that is actually happening. So our art form is now taking the form of the Dance Bar podcast. I had a really good run. It was a really good run. You talk like it's over. I know. It's just a pause. Well, and I think that that's part of the conversation is yeah. that it's we talk about transitions in dance and that the transitions are the hardest part. So nuanced and like the whole dance dance experience is a process yeah we're mid process we're in the process of the process yes i love that refining yeah so we have some goals for what this podcast could be about and i think our number one goal is accessibility Mm -hmm. accessibility to the audience a lot of people when we're like we're gonna do the dance bar podcast they're like are you gonna teach us to dance yeah through our ears or i get a lot of people are nervous they feel like they can't bend your knee yeah <laughs> they feel like they can't <laughs> lift their lift oh my god they feel like they can't <laughs> listen to this podcast because they're not dancers mm. and that's the opposite of what our goal is is that this podcast is meant for anyone who is an enthusiast of dance maybe you've danced a long time ago and you stopped and you are still into it but like that's just not a part of your like physical practice anymore or you're just an artist and a creator yeah because i think that the process translates across all art forms Mm -hmm. and all creative endeavors like anything can be a creative endeavor it's true So we're here to talk about that. We're here to make it because dance is not accessible. Dance is not. Dance is really for the elite. Like in our culture, Mm. it can really get that way. And I think that both of us have a really strong connection to dance for everyone. Yeah. Community. Yeah. It's collaboration. And I think that's just based on our, you know, our roots in jazz dance Mm -hmm. and more vernacular movement and -hmm. and styles. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it is more rooted in the community. It's about groups of people versus like the skill of the dancer. I mean, that has a lot to do with things, too. But um, accessibility is really important to us. And we really want to. have this podcast be available to anyone, um, whether yeah. you're a dancer or not. And, or you consider, I mean, I consider every human being a dancer cause I yeah. think it's innate with, within us. Yeah. Um, and rhythm is innate within us. Like it's in our pulse. Like our, actually we, we stay alive because of rhythm, um, the rhythm of our heartbeat. Mm-hmm. But, um, even if you don't consider yourself a dancer, like there's no reason why you wouldn't fit into listening to this podcast or yeah. uh, feel comfortable hearing what we have to say. And, you know, don't ever feel like you won't understand what we're talking about. Yeah, I think we're we're really wanting to have a broader conversation and go more in depth and give insight into the field, but also be talking about like the taboo and uncomfortable subjects because people don't want to talk about this stuff that like... 
Yeah. It's kind of the ugly side of dance or the difficult side, like culture and who's doing what and who they got it from and who they're giving credit to because Mm -hmm. it's a pretty slippery slope. Well, there's two sides, like you said. Like Mm -hmm. there's um, the side that you just said, Erin, that you were just like, this is the the foundation of like quality life. Like Mm -hmm. dance is what makes life good. Mm -hmm. But then on the opposite side of that, there are some ugly faces in dance. Mm -hmm. Like dance carries some really ugly tendencies. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. um, I think it's really important to talk about those things because it shapes who you are as a person. It's definitely shaped me, like my experiences. It's shaped you. It's shapes so many people that I know um, these like ugly things that kind of bubble from dance and it's like history in some mm. of these really negative ideas yeah um, comes into like race body image yeah. age ability like all the things that matter mm-hmm. how how people want to interact and like dance can like really bring that out because it's happening with your body and that can make people feel really vulnerable right Exactly. And that can be a cutoff point for some people. Yeah. Like, well, that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. I think those <laughs> Im- those conversations are important to have mm-hmm. and we are so down to get serious with that. Yeah. But at the same at the same rate, we are also looking for this to be super fun. Yeah. Um, this like I said, we are we are not doing any of those things right can you now. Pass me that bottle, by the way. Oh. Sure. <laughs> hey, what are we drinking now? Since we're Let's talking see. about fun. This is like... Valpola oh, Chile. Valpola Ripasso. From... I don't know. I don't know where this is from, but it's 2016, so... I feel like it's Italian. The, hold on. Let me read the back. It's a red. She's a wind snob. I am. That's I need good, to though. know. Verona, Italy. It, this is an Italian red wine. This probably smells like feet. We're going to love it. It kind of does smell like, <laughs> or like stinky old leather. Yeah. So that's our that's our next. I think that's funny as we've been having kind of a conversation that has been bordering on serious. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, but we want to have fun because I think that we want we want people to take us seriously. Yeah. We have like serious things to say, but honestly, mm-hmm. like. This is about having a good time. And dancing is about having a good time, in my mind. Yeah, it's joy. It's joyful. Yeah. And um, it, it has brought a lot of light to our lives. And I think we want to also, like, we want to highlight that. Mm. This isn't just about, like, yeah, why dance has, you know, completely, like, screwed us up. It's it's more than <laughs> that, you know. It's, it's those things. But then also, like, how did it, this <laughs> dance has also brought you know, so much meaning to my life and it, yeah. and it carries through in every career that I've had. Um, and it's brought success to me. So like yes. how, let's talk about that too. Yes. Um, and, and, and talk about our experiences and then maybe give suggestions and then hear from our listeners about that too. I think yes. that's really important. Um, but also like when we get caught up in getting really serious and everything gets so fraught with meaning <laughs> to be able to catch ourselves and like make yes. a joke because because that's too serious. Well, artists have a tendency to do that. Like we, it's I will be the really first important. to admit that artists, <laughs> we are the, some of the most self-centered, like pretentious people that walk the planet. Mm. And it's because like we kind of have to be mm. uh, because, you know, if, what you I'm, have to back up your yes. own ideas. Because this matters. What I'm saying matters. Right. My voice matters. It, your not, voice matters. But not that much. Like, but it's also okay. like, 
maybe it's, it's time. okay. 20 minutes is too long for your voice to yeah. matter. Yeah, or like maybe <laughs> maybe people don't agree with your voice and girl, that's okay. Like it's fine. <laughs> Just let it go. Let it go. But I let think that's part of it. <laughs> is it having fun? You have to be vulnerable. And sometimes that is knowing like... I put too much out there. Yeah. My thing is, my <laughs> thing is, is like, if I take myself too seriously, nobody else will actually take me seriously. Mm. And yes. that's kind of where I live as an artist. And I, mm. I think that's the core of this podcast is like, let's talk about some things. Let's make meaningful conversations. Um, mm. But let's also enjoy, you know, Eugene and Italian wine all in one night <laughs> and try and figure out these tasting notes damn it like, <laughs> go from a white I do to smell a red leather. i do <laughs> <laughs> it's lovely it's like an old baseball glove it is kind of <laughs> like a good italian shoe with with a little bit of fruit mm. 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 oh um <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could show that face. <laughs> so the, it's different. Yes. It's so, fine. I'll get used to it. <laughs> it's a switch. There's something at the end of it that I'm like, what is that? It's a plum nope. syrup coming no, through. No, it's something like a little bitter and kind of like on the unexpected side. Mm. Like the front end of it is good, but then mm. the back end, I'm like, what the <laughs> F is that? A J Scott like a will never do something? that to you. I don't know. Oh, no, mm. a J Jonathan will. No. Yeah. Yeah, oh, we're, J. Scott. we're gonna give some more shout outs yeah. to that crew. Oh, in there's the so many wineries in Eugene mm. and Springfield and just in Oregon in general. Like this mm-hmm. is wine country, you guys. Watch out, Callie. <laughs> Watch out. Beep beep. So we're here. We're having a conversation. Yeah. And we want to have a conversation with you. And we have questions to ask you because mm-hmm. this is a two-way street. This is not Aaron and Lindsay disseminated knowledge down upon the masses. Right. This episode was very much us telling, talking talking about our stories um, just as an introduction. But the rest of this mm-hmm. journey is way more conversational and Aaron yeah. and I are interested in what other people have to say. And, yeah. Um, we just want to say that although we have studied dance and we have done a great deal learning about dance throughout our entire lives, that it never really stops. This is a con- consistent process yeah. of learning. Like we, there is no stopping. And I think that's what's so beautiful about dance is that because it is constantly changing, it doesn't leave mm room for stagnant education yeah. in dance like it, it is a continuous learning process so uh, yeah we're here to do that yeah and we want to hear from you guys yes as listeners yes because this experience that we're having together is a collaboration yep. as we move forward like in in so many ways yeah you and guys I, don't even know i look forward to the laughs yeah and to the shared stories. Into the alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> and the perspectives. The alcohol can help to unleash. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so we have a question. We have a question for, for our next, to prompt us for our next podcast. Uh, we want to kind of go back to our goals. And we really want to highlight accessibility for the next podcast as the subject. And we want to kind of know what your experience has been with accessibility in dance. 
um, in dance, with dance, how has dance been accessible to you or not accessible to you? And, and why? why is the big question in your experience and in your opinion, and which is totally valid in this space. Yeah. So let's talk about it. And I, we want to hear it. Um, so please, if you have something to share, we would love to uh, read it and it might come up in the next podcast and we will talk about our experiences with accessibility and dance and um well and also that we want to hear like in connection to what we have we want to hear what you have to say about like how's that accessibility happening for you in Mm -hmm. your life is that a cultural barrier or doorway is it a mental situation? Do you have like a fear, an emotional response, or do you have an emotional release? Is it a physical Mm -hmm. experience of accessibility or not? Yeah. Are we talking a social experience or not? Is it socioeconomic barriers or doorways? Yeah. What's age? How does that play into it? Gender? religion, etc. Yes. All of these things that Aaron just listed define accessibility in, in the context of dance. So do any of these things, um, speak to you times the intersections of all those things. Yeah. <laughs> to yeah. the 10th power. Right. Exactly. Complexity. Welcome. Yep. <laughs> Math. So we have ways for you to contact us. We have our email at the dance bar podcast at gmail.com and bar is spelled b-a-r-r-e because you know you get it get it (laughs) we're at the ballet bar y'all and we're also pulling up you know plies are about as the happy hour of ballet plie tendu yeah all the things so that's our email address have a a sip you can definitely contact us that way (laughs) um and then the other way we do have an instagram it's uh, at the dance bar podcast and we've follow been us. yeah follow us please we've been active um for about a year now so not a, not a lot of posts but we're getting there we're getting more active now that we have some time yeah and um that's another podcast is to kind of tell you what we're doing now yeah and, and we also have a patreon yes you can look us up at the dance bar and you can help support us by going to the Patreon website. And if you want to hear more content, you can support what we do, or you can just engage in the conversation. We want to have a conversation and we're going to bring people on. So if you are feeling like you need to have a conversation directly with us, we are ready. Yeah. We, we look forward to bringing in more experts in the field and in areas that Aaron Mm -hmm. and I are not, um, privy to Mm -hmm. and, uh, or that some people, you know, that we want to bring on to this show have specific experiences that we think are meaningful for other listeners to hear about. Yeah. So that is kind of the overview of of what this is all about in this new journey that Aaron and I are taking uh, within our transitional period of where we are in life and where we are in our relationship with dance. And we, I think... At its core, we hope to share this um, not only as like a catharsis moment for ourselves, but also for anybody else that might be going through something like this. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, 
dance dance is a beast. Um, it it fluctuates. It's constantly moving. It is a living, <laughs> breathing entity. Yep. So it's constantly changing, and you change within that also. And it's okay to make changes and to step back and step forward and step in and you know put your right foot in put your left foot out and all of those hokey pokey that things that makes you want to step <laughs> yeah so we hope that you guys enjoyed this episode and uh, if you have any questions for us that are totally unrelated to the next topic you can feel free to email us um, yes. or contact us at, in on Instagram or through Patreon in that way yeah. and we'd be happy to answer your questions and then uh, <laughs> if you have anything to contribute to the next topic on accessibility please reach out we would love to hear from you yeah i feel like today's episode was very wine contemplative yes and maybe next time we'll have a little cocktail for the happy yeah, hour yeah that's yeah mm-hmm. do some high kicks and some <laughs> butt mom booty shakes yeah some twerking it's fine who knows we'll cross all of those barriers lines whatever Blurred lines. Five, six, seven, eight. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for being here. All right. Thank you. We are the Dance Podcast, and we'll see you later. Cheers. Cheers. Ooh.